The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. As you can probably guess, listener discretion is advised. We use a lot of dirty language on this program. Like? No, no, we don't have to get into it. <laughs> hey, it's Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Obviously, you know you're listening to UFC Unfiltered. Welcome to the first episode. Matt, how would you describe this first episode? Uh, I'm super excited. We have the big cheese. Dana White himself is going to be chilling with us. That's it? No, we got other <laughs> shit, too. We got plenty of shit. No, come on, man. We're going to be talking about the Ottawa call that just happened, yes. and we'll be BSing with Dana about all sorts of shit. And he covers everything. Anything you want to hear Dana talking about, we talk Fedor, we talk the aerial uh, controversy, we talk Brock Lesnar, we talk a little Ronda. Nate smacking him. Yeah. It was Exciting really satisfying stuff. to hear. And uh, he's agreed to get me a hooker. UFC and Digital Media present UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Serra, powered by Digital Media. Find your voice. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Serra. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. I'm Jim Norton here with Matt Serra. Um, <laughs> fuck. Cut. No, Take perfect. Two. Perfect. What? That's the perfect start. That's exactly <laughs> what this is going to be. Us fucking bumbling around like a couple of clods. Oh, shit. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I am. I really am. Hold on a second. Am I supposed to be hearing myself? Yes. I don't hear shit. Yeah, we have to turn your volume up. Oh, fuck, man. See, this is why we help each other. Like, Matt's going to be really it. good for, like, it. the jujitsu and the mixed martial arts oh, stuff. That's awesome. And I'm going to be good for the stuff, like, turn your headphones up so you can hear. Uh, show me where the cough button is. You're yeah. the Dude, you are a black belt in this area. Or at least a brown belt with a few stripes. I'm a fucking white belt. You know, I'm I, new at this. I've been around talk. black belts. I'm not a black belt. I've been around them. I just kind of like hang out and fire out lines. So when I have to do the technical stuff, I suck at it. So mm. this is the first episode. So we're going to make some mistakes. We're going to fuck up. We'll get off to a little trot and then off to a jog, but I'm fucking psyched, man. When, you, when Dana brought this up to me about the podcast, he originally, I'm not saying you weren't the first choice, but originally it was, he goes, how would you like to do this podcast? I'm thinking about you and, uh, you know, Daniel Cormier. I do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he brought up Daniel Cormier and... And I like Daniel. Daniel's a good dude. But I'm like, man, I, I, you know, everything's about chemistry. And I'm like, uh, I don't think we're going to really mesh well. And then right away, he brought up you. But he knew you had some other gigs, so he wasn't sure. And I got fucking psyched, man. Because every time I seen you, we always got along yeah. well. You know, we were acquaintances. I see you all the, you know, you go to a bunch of fights. And, uh, and I'm like, man, I go that, I go, if you could snatch him, that would be fantastic. And here we are. Well, he had called me, Danny called me years ago, maybe 2008 or nine and said, someday I'm, we're going to work together. We're going to do something, whether it's this, so he didn't say exactly what it was, 
but he's like, I really want to do something with you someday. And I'm such a socially awkward idiot. Like I, I never walk up to see, like when I see people in public, I yeah. never walk up. And I saw Matt a few times out and I was with my ex-girlfriend who's a friend of mine in Vegas. And I'm like, that's Matt. And, and I'm like, I just want to go say hi, but I'm so fucking bad at just walking over and saying, remember I saw you in that yeah. restaurant? I think I, did I, come, I came up to you, no? Or how did oh, that work? No, I walked over to you one day at the table. You were sitting yeah. there like, hey, how are you? Like, that's so foreign for me to do. <laughs> yeah. it's, it literally would have been easier in a restroom to lean over and go, let's do a little man-to-man comparing. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad I did that. No, no, yeah, we were, we were bullshitting then. And we hit it off, and then when he when this thing worked out, man, I was just psyched. Now it's the first episode. Obviously, we appreciate you listening and supporting us. And we had a lot of options of guests, and we said we want the boss. We agree. We, we want the boss. We want the big cheese. We want everybody who wants to hear when Dana White talks. People listen, and we're starting the show off. We want people to listen. All right. Well, maybe we're making that up, and maybe we said who should we have, and Dana said I'm your first fucking guest, <laughs> and we said okay. How, how can we say no? It was really hard to get him too. Oh really? yeah, you guys are so psyched. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you know how bad this is if I'm the first guest. <laughs> we're starting off. At a, at a, we're, we're we're setting the bar low here for the well, first podcast. We're happy to have you. We're not going to mention the eight <laughs> fighters that said no. We're very happy that you uh, decided to talk to us. Don't don't we talk don't we talk to each other enough, buddy? Yes, now exactly. Gotta, now I got to yeah. ask you questions. Now you have to interview me. <laughs> I want to hear Matt ask Dana a question because I've interviewed Dana many times. Matt, you spent a lot of time with him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll kick this thing right off, man. What about that looking, Dana White looking for a fight? What about that? Best show on with TV. That, with that good, stocky good little stud muffin on that show. Oh, man. Good first question. I'm so excited about that. You know what you That's guys need on that show. show, though, honestly, what would really help that show? Like, if you bring, like, a fourth little buddy along, <laughs> will you just get a hooker for him while you guys go out and do your thing? Yes. That could be good. That, that could be awesome. <laughs> Yo, Dana, let me ask you something, buddy, because I was there live, as were you. The Bisping fight, the, the when he fought uh when the other day when he fought Luke. Yeah. It's fucking exciting, first of all. It was amazing. Incredible. <laughs> that, listen, when you talk about upsets in the UFC, yeah. you gotta go Sarah GSP. What else was a huge upset? I mean, the Wide biggest of Silva. all time. Ronda Rousey and, and Holly Holm. Um, Weidman Silva. And then uh I mean, Bisbing Rockhold has to be one of the biggest ever, if not the biggest ever. But Sarah, Sarah coming off of uh, the Ultimate Fighter and knocking George St. Pierre out, I still put that as, as probably number one. <laughs> That's right. the, but Bisbing is so close. Yeah. I mean, it's a neck and neck. He was a 10 to 1 underdog in that fight. Not for nothing. I was there because uh, I was cornering Ally Aquinta back when they fought, I don't know how long ago, but it was in Australia. And I was there for that fight. So if you, when anybody, if anybody's seen that their first fight, right, then they know they're fighting again. It's almost really like it's like you. The way that first fight went, it was so one sided for Luke that it's almost like I Bisping. You know the way this came about, where he stepped in when when you know my guy Chris right got eleven hurt. days notice. And man, talk about a, an amazing little think, Cinderella think about story. this too. When I was watching that fight, and I was flying home thinking about it, I was like, didn't. Rockhold almost have this look on him like like oh my god like he was annoyed that he had oh, yeah. to be in there with Bisbing right like he was annoyed that he had to be there and wow man it was uh I was blown away it's funny with that because I was talking about that earlier I was talking about that with Jimmy before and it was like some guys they come in and they're so they, they're like oh man this guy looks so confident and if he wins you're like oh man look how at easy was and the guy could be doing the same thing 
and then he loses. You're like, ah, oh, that guy over. He underestimated the guy. You could tell so he underestimated is, Bisping. No, listen. One of the funniest. How about this? One of the funniest things. And I don't think I don't know if they showed it on on air because I was there live. And it was, uh, you know, Luke gets in very, you know, very, you know, nonchalant. He's his music's still going when he's in the cage, and he's like literally just dancing. And at one point, Bisping like points to him like, and he goes to the crowd like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck's this guy doing? <laughs> it was hysterical. I don't know if you saw that, but <laughs> I did. Bisping's, Bisping's a riot, man. He really is uh, an enjoyable guy, man. In a sense and, and that me, he's, he's just himself, you know. And I'll, yeah, no, no doubt. And let me tell you what, Bisping's another one of those guys that that I've called and doesn't turn down fights has been here for 10 years in the grind, you know, has always kept himself, you know, in the top 10 in the conversation with wins and losses. You know, he, he, he is a very tough guy that you cannot underestimate. I think that a lot of people underestimate his wrestling abilities. And obviously one of the big things that's always said about Bisbing is he doesn't have any punching power. Well, I guess you can throw that out the window. Now, you know, people were looking at Anderson Silva going, wow, Anderson must really be shot now. If Bisbing's dropping him in a punch and then he turns around and knocks out Luke Rockhold. Beautiful left hook, man. Just beautiful. And, and Luke was, he was extending a little. I mean, you know, it's always easy to, to nitpick afterwards. What's that mean, extending? Well, he was looking and reaching out for that jab. That's when he was getting, I believe that's when he got caught, if I remember correctly. He, he reached in for that jab and he came underneath and boom, with that left hook. And then he was uh, he was wobbled and then he just jumped on him, man. He has a good killer instinct, Bisping. And, uh, yeah, he told me, man. I talked to him after that fight and he was like, we were working on that. We know that he drops his hands after he throws punches. And when I clipped him, I was like, holy shit, he went down, man. Jump on top of him right now. You know, Bisbing told me when he clipped him, he knew. And Matt, you know, when you land that right punch on somebody, how it feels, that thing shoots through your whole body. You feel just like baseball players when they hit the baseball, right? Or golfers when they swing right, I guess. Apparently for golfers too, I've heard that. Uh, do you know what somewhere. I have to do to get that feeling in my right arm? <laughs> I can take I can take a guess at what they're gonna say. Dana, what started those guys at the end too? They were arguing at the end and going at each other in the press conference. And what what exactly was it that got them going? They hate each other so bad. And when you have guys that really dislike each other, and I'm sure for Rockhold, as cocky as he was going <laughs> to that fight, one of the things one of the things he said at the press conference, they're like, uh, you know, what's your this that way? He says, I'm here to cash checks. That's what he wow. said. And, and, you know, when, when that, if that's really what you're here to do and if that's really your mentality, I don't know. He, re, he, he regrets that whole thing. He, he wants that fight back so bad. And, uh, you know, you can't take holding that belt for granted. Right. It's hard to get that belt. You had to go through Chris Weidman to get that belt and a lot of other tough dudes uh, to be there. Jock Array, and the list goes on and on of guys, including Bisbing, and the list goes on and on of guys you had to go through to get that belt. And you can ask any guy who holds that belt, it changes your life. It changes your life forever to hold that belt. And you have to have a much better attitude when you're the champion. Now, there's been rumors, too. I want to ask you about a fighter, because obviously for years, people have been asking about Fedor Emelianenko. Will he fight? And, and uh, I watched the uh, Maldonado-Fedor fight. Interesting fight. Um, <laughs> they were going to let him die before they stopped that fight. You yeah, know that? I can't believe they didn't stop that. But a testament to how tough and durable and mentally strong Fedor is, man. He was out. 
He was out. <clears throat> Literally, when he got back up, when a guy is on crazy legs, the way that he was on yes. crazy legs, and, and, and Maldonado wasn't like he was on crazy legs and was able to avoid punches after that. He continued to get hit with bombs by Maldonado. And he made it through it, man. Uh, but I'll tell you this. Those refs were willing to let him die before they stopped that fight, number one. And number two, Fedor's got a chin, and he's a tough He's a tough guy, man. He really is a tough guy. Although the announcers, did you hear the announcers were very funny, the, the Russian announcers, because they, they love Fedor. They can't even, like, like when Joe and Mike do a fight, you really, they're very, very even as far as how they talk about the fight. But when Fedor in the first round throws a flurry of punches, like, the Fedor is going to win the fight! Like, fucking three punches. Wait, and, and not to sound like I, I didn't do my homework, but where can I, is this on Fight Pass? Yeah. All right, good. I'm watching that tonight. I, I can't believe I was I'm so caught up with the Ottawa fight yeah. so we still gotta get to. But well, we uh, had uh we had we were actually in a meeting in the big meeting room that we're always in and we have a TV in there. It was on mute. So we didn't have any 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 of the uh, commentary. So I didn't hear the commentary, but I'm sure it was very fade or heavy. But very positive. Um wow. Yeah, and, and, and in that first flurry when when he did come out, you know, Maldonado had his hands up and was blocking a lot of those shots. And then came back. I just, you know, it was a fun fight to watch. Uh, but it shows you, you know, Fedor is very, very tough, man. That what guy was out of it. in the UFC, Dan? Because people are asking about that. They want to know. Because Fedor, I believe, has said he's closer than ever to fighting in the UFC or to sign yeah. something with the UFC. Oh, yeah? We'll see. We've been negotiating for many, many, many years. So There's still a market for Fedor in the UFC, I think, uh, just because he's never been there. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. The... Uh, Fight Pass did very well with that fight, so oh, uh, people awesome. do still want to watch Fedor. It was it was like ten o'clock in the morning or eleven in the in the morning in Vegas, and let me tell you what that show went on forever. I think they had seven hundred and fifty two <laughs> fights on that card. That was the longest fight card in the history of fight cards. Uh, that was longer than a Don King fight card. Yeah, that was pretty endless. Um, allegedly, I didn't watch them all. I just kind of zipped through to the end. That's the beauty of the pass you guys gave me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking zapped right through to the Fedor fight. I don't want to uh, jump around, but back to the Bisping thing really quick. I don't want to jump around, but let's talk about something I know about and saw. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see anything. Uh, but let me ask you something. I'm going to watch it, though. I'm definitely watching it. But uh, now, the Bisping, after Bisping uh, with the, with, on the same card, uh, phenomenal fight. Dan Henderson versus Hector Lombard. Whole, yeah. Dude, holy shit, man, watching right. that thing live. That was that was an amazing fight, and man, that dude's older than me, but he's still he's still packing a freaking punch, and a, he has a chin, and what a fight! What a fight to watch live. And now, is is it, his rumors? Does it make sense? Because of that first fight was so brutal uh, with Dan right. Henderson and Michael Bisping. Is that right. people are talking about that? Is that just rumors or? Let me tell you what I agree with you. Forty-five years old for Dan Henderson to still be doing what he's doing, and then to go in, and I knew, you know, it's funny going into 199 nobody was talking about that fight with him and Hector Lombard but I I thought that that was probably going to end up being the fight of the night but man those two both guys who can end a fight with one punch just blasting away at each other it it was awesome and the love that Dan got at the end and I know a lot of people want to see that fight but there's so many guys that we would have to jump over to do that fight Um, but most of them are hurt Jacare is hurt Weidman's hurt you know, Rockhold just lost, so I w- I wouldn't rule it out. And didn't Henderson say though? He's th- and again, a lot of fighters will say they're thinking of retiring. I'm not sure what's because he had his family in the ring, or you know, yeah. Is that is that a real thing? Or do you well, think it's he's saying moment? win, lose, or draw. If he fought Bisbing in a title fight, he would retire. But 
if he wins the belt, I highly doubt he would retire. I don't know. It's a tough one. You know, I've questioned uh, over the last uh, year whether Henderson should still be fighting at 45, but it's hard to deny the guy when he's when he's taking people out the way that he is. And nobody ever took out Hector Lombard like that. I mean, I know nobody. he lost to uh, who Neil Magny, but that, yeah. it was, that was not like that. I mean, not geez. like that. He gassed out most <laughs> most of the time when Lombard is lost. He's gassed. Question two, a lot of rumors have been circulating uh, because uh, I tend to be the kiss of death. So now that I'm on board here at the UFC, what, what are the uh, the sale rumors? Is there any truth to the fact that the UFC <laughs> is being sold? Yeah, we want to know if we still have a job. We just got this yeah. thing started. Yes, so. more importantly, can there be a clause in there where I can't <laughs> be fired selfish. immediately? Yeah, th- this has been one of the most disruptive things. I mean, you guys, imagine the fighters. I mean, I have 400 employees here, right. you know? <clears throat> it's been one of the most disruptive things going on ever. In the history of the company. So, uh, yes. Uh, listen, the last thing I do, Jimmy, you know how hard I fought to get you into this thing. Yes. You know, last thing I'm going to do is fight that hard to get this thing and happening. And a lot of other things that I'm working on right now uh, for everything to just to bring in another regime or whatever would happen. Uh, listen, everybody who works for me, let this be the last thing you worry about. So basically, uh, if there's a big thing, if everything things were to be sold, you may happen to stay on. Is that what you're <laughs> there's not even it's don't even worry about stuff like that. It's okay. it's uh, it's the last thing anybody who works here needs to worry about. Because that really is an and, and, and everybody it's just, panic on my part. <laughs> it's just crazy that it's but it's the world we live in today sure. with absolutely no proof. Or evidence whatsoever, people can just go out and say whatever they want. It's fucking nuts. You know, I did my, I did something. I was aware I was in Albuquerque, and I wanted. To, I've never been into a, a, a mixed martial arts gym, and I wanted to do it. And I was, of course, uh, I was there with uh, Jackson Wink, and I said I wanted to go in, and and they let me in. And uh, you know, I saw John uh, working out and doing drills, and I saw Holly and and Al- Alistair Overeem looked up. Oh, you know, I'm sure you've been there. I was up on the top yep. looking down. Yeah, Overeem, he's got that like movie fucking bad guy face. It's horrifying. <laughs> and he looks like a at, James Bond villain, dude. It's right? awful. And he just looks up like, "What are you doing here?" And I smiled at him like a fucking starstruck girl. It was so embarrassing. So uh, Holly Holm, who is she fighting uh. next, and how is Ronda doing? That's, that's what I wanted to get to. Is she not the sweetest person? In the world, Holly Holm. I was is, telling you that. She's, I was just telling Jimmy that. I, I, I love Holly Holm. What a sweet. Yeah, she, she's fighting on Fox, July twenty third, Chicago. She's fighting Shlevchenko. A main event on Fox, Chicago. Holly Holm is the main event. All right, nice, mm, very cool. And how is uh, Ronda? We have to. Ask Ronda's about awesome. Ronda. Now, will she be fighting again? I just saw her recently. Talked to her recently, and. Uh, you Did know, she's loss- back in training. Oh, she is back in training. Good. Because I was saying, like, I don't know what the fight, the fighter mentality is, obviously. So when someone is undefeated and they lose, I'm wondering, does that make it harder for you to get back in? Or, or what does that do to you psychologically? Well, you know, this isn't the first time Ronda's ever lost. She's been an athlete her whole life. She, you know, she lost at the Olympics uh, one year. And obviously, Ronda's a very unique individual and has her own way of dealing with things. And apparently, this is the way she wants to deal with it. And, and uh, you know... She'll be back, though. Oh, She'll be back. Very exciting. And as far as time off, nobody's worked harder, man. This girl, sure. for the last three and a half years, has busted her ass uh, in this sport, doing her thing, and for the UFC. So, so she can okay take she can take as much off. time off as she needs. Sure. Let me ask you, uh, Dana. I'm ex- everybody's psyched about Brock Lesnar coming back. That's freaking exciting as hell. Mark Hunt, tell me about that. That's first of all, it, it's not that the guy's just 
one-dimensional, but it is pretty much a grappler versus striker. It seems that if, if Hunt keeps it up, he could really hurt him. Brock bum rushes him, gets him down. It could be a brutal night for Hunt. I mean, th- right. th- this is Th- this is This is one of those fights, though. If you look at Mark Hunt, when he came from Pride, we didn't want to sign him. We were actually going to pay him to go away. He said, no, I'm going to come in there. I want to fight. I want to earn my money. Stud, stud, what that guy has been able to do. Again, oh, yeah. at his age, too. Um, and his takedown defense is a lot better these days. He's a lot tougher to take down than he used to be. And there's no doubt, if Brock doesn't get this thing to the ground, it's a problem. he's in for a bad night. You thought Alistair Arvarim was a problem. And, you know yeah. what I mean? With, with the kicks to the body and stuff, you know, Mark Hunt knocks guys out that have never been knocked out. Yeah. You know, he goes in there and knocks out uh, Roy Nelson yeah, I was about to with say, one of those uh, one-shot walk-away punches. Nobody does that to Roy Nelson. Mark Hunt, I'm a big Mark Hunt fan, as you know. I'm predicting a first-round knockout. That's I'm a big Mark. I want Mark Hunt to be the fucking heavyweight champion. <laughs> you love no Mark one, Hunt. I you love Mark Hunt. I was so happy when he got this fight. No, that's exciting. And not for nothing, and he has been fighting grapplers. I mean, like you just said, yes. Roy Nelson, Frank Mir, another walk yep. away. Uh, yep. Who else? Him and Bigfoot had those wars, and Bigfoot gets guys down. I mean, look what Bigfoot did to uh, to uh, Fedor. Well, actually. didn't he that, beat him quickly in the second fight? The first fight was a, was a, was a draw. That, that Bigfoot yeah. hunt first fight was one of the greatest heavyweight fights you will ever see. Yeah. If anybody has listened to this and has never seen Bigfoot Mark Hunt one, you have to watch that fight. It's ridiculous. And yes... Mark Hunt has fought guys who are, who are phenomenal wrestlers, great grapplers, and when he stops that shot, I think it it makes these guys go, oh, shit, I'm in big trouble now. What do you think it is with, with that makes Brock want to fight too? Because, again, not that you don't get banged around in WWE. That's not an easy way to make a living. But, I mean, that's a much different world than UFC. And like yeah, you said, think- over-improve that. I think that uh, you know that guy has that competitive spirit in him. He was a wrestler, and obviously a lot of wrestlers um, migrate to the UFC, uh, and he, he loves it, man. He's so pumped to be back here, and he's so happy that Vince and the WWE let him do this. He's he's fired up. He's really excited for this fight. So he just has that 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 competitive spirit in him. Were there a lot of heavyweights that were like, "Hey, man, why didn't I get that fight?" You know what I mean? Because they. Uh... Cormier said, we had interviewed Cormier, and, and, and he had said that uh, he got a text from Brock that just said Merry Christmas. There was nothing else. He didn't give away that he was fighting, but he kind of indicated in answering Daniel's question that, yeah, I, I am fighting. Were there a lot of heavyweights that were annoyed that now not going to get the, a piece of that gate? To get the Brock fight? Yeah. I've, I haven't heard from anybody, you know. I think, you know, most of the heavyweights out there right now are working. They all have, uh, they all have fights. Uh, that's right. Yeah, who else is on that card? It's a, the fact oh, that Kane Travis Brown isn't a headline fight is that's how good that card is. That that card's so good. Kane Travis Brown aren't even in the commercial. That's how good that card is. T.J. Dillashaw's on the uh, on the Fox Sports One prelims. Wow, oh, man. Yeah, who's he fighting? Diego Sanchez versus Joe Lozon oh. is on Fight Pass. And let me tell you something. That one is uh, awesome. Uh, is one of the one I'm the most excited about is uh, Joe Lazone versus Diego Sanchez. Oh, man. that That's amazing. It's going to be a war. Oh, I agree. A war. Speaking of wars, did you watch? Uh, obviously, did you watch? What Ottawa. Ottawa, baby. How good was Ottawa? Oh, man. I was so psyched. I was uh, so good. Oh, man. Um, where do we start? How, uh, wait. First, I want to say this. People are shitting on the McDonald friggin' uh, Wonder Boy fight? Are you... Uh, you, listen, if you're sitting on that fight, fucking stop. Stop watching <laughs> really? fights. Go watch something else, you fucking no, weirdos. That, 
if you didn't like that fight. There's something fucking mentally wrong with you, and you you don't know a, a fucking thing about fighting. Oh, they shit. I didn't hear anything about. Oh my god, you were just shit. It was boring. was boring. Everything else. No, you are listen. a fucking moron. Take I, your money and go fucking walk. Go. I don't even know where to tell you to take your money and go spend it. Yeah. You're a fucking idiot. Let me tell you something. Uh, Thompson, Wonderboy, he freaking, I do, I'm obsessed with saying, Jimmy before was saying they said Wonderboy 10,000 times. Now, even when I say Thompson, I'm obsessed. I'll, I have to say Wonderboy. I'll only say Thompson. I However, that saying, fight was tremendous. And I'm going to tell you this about Wonderboy that blows me away. So this guy comes in from straight karate, yeah. right? And, and is fucking incredibly talented. At, at, at karate, right? The things that this guy can do with his hands and feet are unbelievable. Now, to come in and start working with Chris Weidman on your wrestling, you know, there's some guys that'll come in and their wrestling will be decent. You didn't wrestle in fucking high school or, or, or college or any of that shit. You weren't in Division One. Yet you come in and stop the shot on Division One wrestlers like um, uh, Hendricks. Oh, yeah. And then you come in and Roy McDonald can't take you down. Are you? F- and he had a deep single at one point. Are you fucking kidding me? How can you not appreciate the talent level that this kid has and the fact that he was able to transition and become that good of a wrestler? I mean, we already know that he's like such a great counter puncher. And then when... When, when Rory was trying to get it dirty and he get a hold of him and he was blasting him in that clinch. Yes. When it got time to get nasty, he showed he's not just a pretty boy. He was getting nasty. And, exactly. Man, and, and then, each and round. And then at the end, how about at the end when, when Rory knows he's going to lose this fight, right? So he comes in with just that cross arm for George Foreman style and just starts trying to trade with him. And uh, Wonder Boy is just fucking tagging him from every angle, stays in the pocket, oh. used, uh, then spins off to the side. It just masterful. It was it was unbelievable. If you can't appreciate that fight, the durability and the toughness of, of Rory McDonald coming in, and what a lot of people don't realize is his nose was so busted uh, up yeah. after that Robbie Lawler fight. Like he was seriously busted up after that fight. Had to have surgery. Then when he started sparring again, his nose got da- just damaged again and had to go in and have the fucking surgery again. In the fifth round, he doesn't give a shit. He knows he has to come right in and try to hunt him down and, and, and to try to hit him with big shots and finish him. Props to Rory as a fucking dog and a warrior. An unbelievable talent level of Wonder Boy. No, I get chills just thinking about it. I was so I was so into each round. I'm a little biased. I mean, Wonder Boy when he comes out with Chris, he's down at my plays so right i see him sparring a lot he's such such a just a great great guy and uh, the, the rankings change by the way i was to ask you does one become two and now two become one or how does that i work? don't know that should play out that way yeah but um you never know i mean after what he did to hendrix who was a beast and then right just after this fight i mean are we in talks with this guy i mean oh dude i mean come I, I just on. Think, look at him i mean I look at the guys think, he's beating oh, ridiculous man the kid gets better with every fight yeah. and obviously with his wrestling, for people who know what the fuck they're talking about, you know, for his wrestling to be at that level now where he doesn't even, you know, he's got to, normally in fights like that, you want to talk about boring, normally fights like that are so boring because they're so terrified of of, of the shot and being taken down. He stayed right in there and mixed it up with them. There was one time where, where, uh, Rory had such a deep single leg on him. I don't know how he stood up from that. Just a testament to how, talented the kid is and how good he's become at defending the takedown yeah, you sound like you're sorry matt you sound like you're responding like somebody said something about that fight that really annoyed you because you, you seem like you're, <laughs> you're almost responding to some shitty criticism that, that shouldn't have been made that was me 
No, 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 no. I mean, somebody said this. You said, if you think this fight's boring, did somebody say actually that was a boring fight? Oh, my God. There there were dorks all over the internet talking about that fight. (laughs) You're a... Oh, I can't even smash you enough. What a clown you are if you thought that fight sucked. These people sometimes just expect these guys to run out. uh, You know what I mean? And just start, you know, it's a five-round fight. Sure. There's a lot on the line for this fight. Two incredibly talented guys in an absolute chess match of a fight. And you it heard that awesome. right. And you heard that right after in the uh, in the post fight uh, octagon speech with uh, uh, with uh, interview with uh, Wonder Boy when he was just saying that look, I knew from the second he had his stance and the guy wasn't rushing in on it. He knew exactly that this is going to be a chess match. This is going to yeah. be very strategic, and uh, he had to take his time, man. But I'll tell you, man, he you found with each round I've seen from the beginning, from this first round to the second, you see him just finding his his distance, yep. his, his exactly. range, exactly, just looking comfortable. And, and like I was telling jimmy because i'm not a big fan of it when guys are you know just slapping hands back and forth and this and that after each round and a guy like wonder boy now that he took a, now that his wrestling's better and he took that away from the other guy even especially those uh funky uh rolling leg lock attacks that yeah maybe should have nixed hey, after the second that was one. Da- hey well that first one he had man yeah he, he, he fucking did that I, that was crazy he was had awesome. it too he had his leg yeah. and re- again again a wonder boy you know what i mean yeah. a kid who came yeah, from enough a kid who came from from stand up striking to be able to get out of that th- it was just it, it was a great chess match of a fight i thought both guys did great the only the only criticism i have and matt you tell me what you think was that i feel that for um rory bringing in the karate guy that he brought in it almost made him fight wonder boy's fight yeah, more conservative, a little more conservative. Well, he was he was kind of standing up and and trying to do the karate thing with him instead of getting in there shooting on him more, making him yeah. worry more about the takeouts, trying to get takedowns, trying to get him against the fence and drop those elbows that he throws, rough him up a little bit. He's the bigger, stronger fighter. Put his weight on him on the cage and try to tire him out. You know, it's a five round fight to take Wonder Boy five rounds. I I just thought the whole karate thing made him fight more of his fight. Also, I believe that he put a lot on those rolling leg attacks. Like, I, you could tell by him doing it three times that he's been repping that. And the first one, he got in deep. Yep. But the fact that he was taking that away, he might have been practicing a lot more of that than he has with the traditional looking just to put the guy on his ass. You know what yeah. I mean? Because those and, legs and Rory, are great. If you get the leg, great. If you don't get the leg, it's going to start to look silly. You know? And you know, and, and you know, Rory has this style where he's, you know, he's got the jab and then he, he tries to take you down and everything else. But but uh when he did start to open up in that fifth round, Wonder Boy stayed right in there with him oh, and hit him with some big shots, like man. Yeah, it's like that's it what was, he was waiting for. No, he was listen, what a great the damage that Wonder Boy did in just that one exchange that they had in the fifth round was unbelievable, man. Rory's face was banged up just after like a couple of those exchanges. Yeah, that was nasty. Have you noticed, yeah. that he, and I asked Matt this too, have you noticed that he does not use his legs as much as he used to? I, I always thought of Rory as a guy who kicked a lot more, unless I'm just remembering one or two selective fights. But that was something I kind of missed watching him yeah, do. No, he, in the Robbie Lawler fight, he almost won that fight with head kicks. He, he hit Robbie with some big head kicks. And then once he landed it, he kept landing it over and over again. And it looked like he was going to knock Robbie out. And then Robbie came back and started. I mean, the, uh, head kicks, you're, de- you're dead on. Head kicks are what made that fight 
damn close and so exciting. I'm thinking that I'm personally I'm thinking that he's so concerned with uh the arsenal that one the boy had standing up or has standing up that he was afraid to put that out there to get to get countered. I think that's why he was being a little bit more conservative as far Yeah, as I was surprised strikes. he didn't rely more on his wrestling, the clinch 100%. up against the fence and didn't try to really make it a dog fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because in the 5th round he knew he had to go out there and try to knock him out, but he should have made that a more of a dog fight early because, uh, you know, Wonder Boy's never been five rounds. No, it's true. But Wonder Boy, again, he, he's so used to, like, that pace of that fight, did you see him after the fight? Did he look winded to you? I feel he could fight that no. fight again because he's so stud. used to, how many rounds does that guy got clocked sparring from from how he, when he began karate how many years ago when he was a kid? It's true. So, I mean, that guy could fight a fight like that all day long. You know long. what the other thing is, Matt? He's 33 years old. You know what I mean? What imagine if this kid had that type of wrestling skill when he was 26? Yeah. Jesus. Well, he's got it now. Well, you yeah. and you guys hang out a lot and you know Matt pretty well. So uh, I imagine you've seen Matt in his underpants. Am I correct? <laughs> I see where we're going with this. No, Dana, Dana actually knows. Not that this is going to sound weird. Dana knows. I go, I've been going commando, Dana, for, I, I, man, I don't know. It's for how long. I mean, I, maybe it was when I, when I moved out, like, uh, my, like when I was living by myself, like at 23, I was, uh, had to do my own laundry and I didn't feel like doing the underwears. I would just, and it's so much more comfortable. I was just free balling for so long. I go commando. And that's up until recently, buddy. Where Jimmy. the fuck is this interview it's, going it, right no, now? You know, we see. wanted to ask you it's about up Matt's until recently, and this is like the first day in a while that I am wearing me undies. Am I saying that right? You certainly of course. are. And they look delightful. Oh, they're so comfortable. They're what, so what are comfortable. In my, are you in your underwear right now we doing both this are. podcast? No, a room no. full of men in their underpants, and there's nothing wrong with it. Go ahead, Jimmy. Oh, shit. Well, you know, like they say, whether you're wearing a suit or sweat, what? you spend almost 24 hours a day in your underwear. What are me undies? Well, what the are these? They're a, a sponsor of this program and they <laughs> believe in us very strongly. <laughs> I see where we're going now. All right. Absolutely. I was getting worried. Now I'm feeling better. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm just happy you didn't even know why. I, that's how good I'm doing at this ad. Dana, <laughs> the boss, didn't even know I was uh, helping to sell underpants. But uh, we are wearing them. They're actually quite comfortable. But instead of making a statement like, hey, Superman's tights under his everyday clothes, your underwear is probably boring. Obviously, most people's underwear is very boring. MeUndies is here to change that. Every pair of MeUndies is made from substantially sourced modal. There's a way to say that, a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton. Now, I can reach over and I can feel Matt in his underpants. They feel very soft. They caress your buttocks, Matt. How would you comment on that? Well, I mean, listen, Jimmy told me earlier that the only, uh, listen, I told Michael Commando, he said he just wears the women underpants. But he said they're very, the fabric, it's like so soft that, that these are not women underpants, me underpants. No, then no. I said, by the way, I wear women's underpants and I cut a hole in the back. But go ahead, first, okay. what you're saying. But, 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 but I'm talking about how comfortable they were. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm comparing right. the comfort right, between the women underpants and the me undies. Fair enough. I love these me undies. I'm wearing the boxes now and I feel it's just so soft. I'm not, I think I'm done free balling. How so, come I didn't get any me undies? I'm the first guest ever on the podcast <laughs> and I don't get any. Well, they probably wanted us to talk about it first. Exactly. And they probably, they, they, were, they were a little stingy with the me undies. They made us fill out paperwork. It was a whole fucking operation to get the me undies. But we were happy we got them. They came, uh, UPS. Thank you, boys. Hey, and, guys, stop being stingy with the me undies. Yeah, exactly. The first guest ever should get a pair. Every guest that's on this show should get a pair. The boss. Should all you're a man who should have his buttocks in comfort. <laughs> you know. By the way, 
if, this is how you know they like them. If you don't like your first pair of MeUndies, if they're not really comfortable, they're free. No questions asked. And whenever a company is willing to do that, you know that they have faith in it. Uh, and look, shipping is free in the U.S. and Canada, and you can save up to $8 a pair with the MeUndies subscription plan. You get the subscription plan or a single pair, get 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com slash UFC. That's MeUndies.com slash UFC. For 20% off your first order, MeUndies.com slash UFC. They are supporting us and supporting the show. So please uh, thank <laughs> them by supporting them, them back. I mean, yes. Listen, they brought me, they got me back into uh, undies. Which is nice because he yeah. was going to show up in white spandex with nothing underneath. <laughs> so I'm really happy he's got some MeUndies. It was getting a little creepy. It's not creepy. It's not as creepy. Now, obviously, I wanted to ask you too. We have to ask. We'd be negligent if we didn't ask you, Dana. Uh, Trump has said he would like you to speak at the GOP convention for him. Uh, any comments on that? Yeah. Um, so, so he said it publicly. He hasn't asked me to do it. Okay. Uh, he said it publicly. I'm actually supposed to have dinner with him in New York uh, in the next couple of weeks. So we'll see what happens. Um, you're not 100% sure yet. Do you want to see what he might have to say? He hasn't asked me to. You know, It's one thing to say, it. hey, I, I want guys like Dana White. It's one thing to say, I want guys like Dana White, <laughs> as opposed to asking Dana White. So. We'll yeah, see. I would like to see you speaking for any political figure, whoever it is. I, I would like you're a very <laughs> blunt to the point guy, and I, and I think that's probably why you, uh, you resonate with a lot of people. Well, the thing is with me is I, I'm not a big political guy. I'm not a Republican, and I'm not a Democrat. I'm actually for the best guy. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, really quick, Dana, that Nate and Connor fight. When when are they fighting again? The the rematch. Yeah, they're, they're fighting in August. They're fighting at two o two. All right, interesting. Hey, now, what'd you guys think of that boss fight at Ottawa? Huh? Oh, that and, uh, O'Connell. Very, very, very tough guys. Um, it, it was just that, we, and I think we said before, Bosse is it how you say his name? He he. By the end of the fight, just had more wind, and I think that's why. He I won. mean, they they were testing the stamina. They were testing each other's chins. <laughs> like I, I mean, first of all, very evenly matched. I don't either guy. I don't see as a world beater, but very even, two tough, tough guys. Man, they, they could have took a, a page out of the Cowboy Cerrone's and, and, and threw a Ooh. shot in once in a while. Because, How good did Cowboy Cerrone look, too? Oh, man. I mean, it was just incredible. Such an incredible card. Hey, one of the things I do want to talk to you guys about today, I guess something came out where JoJo Calderwood was saying that, you know, after this fight, she's got to go out and get a job and all this stuff, and people are going crazy about So she made, first of all, JoJo has had a lot of personal problems. Uh, she hadn't fought in a very long time. Had a lot of personal problems. I didn't even know if she was ever going to fight again. Then she ends up uh, up at TriStar with those guys, you know? And I guess she has some stability in her life. She has her head back in the game. And uh, she will be bonused for that fight. And, she, you know, there were so many good fights that night. People are going crazy. How did JoJo not... And, and it's true. Because at good the fight. end of the day, when we looked at this thing, we were saying, how the hell... Me and Lorenzo were saying today, how the hell did that skip us? She should have got a bonus. First of all, in that 115-pound division, you don't see finishes the way that she finished uh, Valerie, right? And Valerie went five rounds with Joanna uh, Yonjacek. Joanna oh, yeah, didn't right. do that to her. So, yeah, we're going to take care of her, and we're, gonna, we're, we're obviously going to sign her to a new deal. But the reality was, for the last year, year or plus, we didn't even know if that girl was ever going to fight again. So 
Well, I'm happy just to she's, put that into perspective. Well, I'm happy she's back in the mix and she's got everything, you know. Well, she looks like the girl she was. You know, this yeah. girl at one time was one of the hottest prospects in the 115-pound division. And, and I also think that she was the number one ranked girl. I know going into the Ultimate Fighter, everybody thought she was the one that was going to win it. And then coming out of the Ultimate Fighter, she had a lot of personal problems that she had to deal with. And it looks like she got through that. She's in a stable camp. And... Uh, you know, we'll we'll, uh, we'll get her taken care of. And back to Cerrone, is he staying at one? He, he looked phenomenal at one seventy. Yeah, he did look phenomenal That's at one seventy. Second fight at one seventy. Now Cerrone yeah. at the press conference comes out and says, uh, "You know, I don't know if the UFC loves me. If you look at my paycheck, okay. Now, me and Cerrone are as tight as tight can be. Okay, and there's a lot of personal stuff with me and Cerrone too on the positive side, right? But the kid made over two hundred thousand dollars." On a fight on free TV, on the co-main event, and the gate was nine hundred thousand dollars. I mean, how much? Uh, how much money does Cerrone expect to make on the co-main event? Uh, you know, the kid looks great. Never held a world title, right? And uh, made over two hundred grand. Co-main event, nine hundred thousand dollar gate, free TV. Yeah, Cerrone's. And we talked. We've talked, me and Cerrone. And have you made that point to him? I'm imagining uh, he, you have. He, he absolutely agreed. <laughs> What he said to me is, I, I, I was half joking. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. He looked phenomenal. And the thing is with Cerrone is Cerrone is so inconsistent. Cerrone will come out and look like a world beater, then go out and get stopped in the first round and buy a body shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, well, we talk, you know, we, we've spoken about this personally, me and you. Some guys, they'll be phenomenal. And then when they get that major, whether it's a title shot or the fight, listen, every fight's the most important fight for you. But yep. there are all those fights that'll change your life, which is going for the belt and, and having that main event fight where you just come up kind of short, you know? And that, that's kind of been Cerrone's... Uh, not curse, but it's 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 happened more than once. And then, but first of all, the guy's never in a boring fight, which is awesome. That's why he's such a a, a fan favorite. But uh, sometimes when he gets to that right to that top, there's a little <laughs> there's a little bit of a stumble. And I love the guy. You like, hear I, I, crazy? I never miss a, a cowboy fight. I cowboy Cerrone is texting me right now. <laughs> okay. Tell him we said hi. Hold on. Let me see what Cowboy Cerrone has to say. I oh, know. I hope it's not a picture text. Things are really changing. <laughs> You ever send the wrong picture text uh, to somebody? Yeah, of what? Your cock? Of course. What else? Of course. <laughs> I've never sent a photo of anything By the way, else. this show's called Unfiltered People, so you should already know about our language. I want to know what Cerrone is saying right now. Yeah, what is yeah. going on over there? He said he wants to get together. He wants to come in and he wants to talk. Oh, so, that's nice. Yeah. Good, we'll get man. together. No, I love the kid. I love him. Do you Professionally think- and personally, I love Cowboy Cerrone. So, you know. And he's a hey, every once in a while, listen, th- this day and age, you know, every fighter, every fighter on earth, especially when you look at the money that Connor and Ronda and some of these people are making out there, it gets crazy. And, you know, listen, everybody wants to make a million dollars. You know, everybody wants to make a million dollars, but some people get there and some people don't. Well, that's the way it is. Is guys see that, you know, a lot of times it, it, as any type of performer, fighter, whatever you are, you watch somebody, like you said, Ronda, the top of the, the heap financially and you're like, wow, I'm not doing that well. But it's like compared to everybody else, you're doing amazing. There's just a few people ahead of you and it looks like you're not doing well compared to them, but you got to look at all the people you're doing better than. Well, I think the thing that's frustrating, especially for a guy like Cowboy Cerrone, he has the personality. Everybody loves the kid. His fighting style is fucking exactly what I like. It's right up my alley. Everything that I love about a fighter Cowboy Cerrone is. Um, and, and he's a couple fights away from having that big fight. But like Matt just said, 
You got to win them all. Every one is the most important, and you got to work your way up, and you got to win those big fights. You know, and and Cowboy again, a kid that I love, hasn't always taken everything so serious. You ain't, can't be fucking rock climbing two days before your fight or wakeboarding the day of your fight or fuck, you know what I mean? Right. Some of the stuff that this guy does. You want to make that serious big money, you have to get in the right mindset. And the way that he looked the other night against Patrick Cote is the way you have to fight it when you fight Dos Anjos or, or uh, uh, Diaz or any of the big guys. When you get to that big fight, you got to win. Look at Matt Serra. Matt Serra was on the comeback season of The Ultimate Fighter. Which, again, I love when people fucking, uh, you know, this is a fucking joke. These guys are going to come off the comeback and fight fucking George St. Pierre, and he knocks George St. Pierre out in the first round. Matt, how much did your life change after that fight? Dude, look, I'm hanging out with Jim Norton right now. Exactly. It went <laughs> right down the me? toilet. It went right <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? This is what happened to me? No. This is, listen, I'm still riding that wave, brother. I'm still... <laughs> Hey, yeah, you, and, I want to ask you too. We, could we talk about McGregor and uh, Diaz uh, too at at, uh, at two o two? The uh, Dos Anjos fight when he dropped out and McGregor before he took Diaz. I know the fight was offered, I guess, to Aldo, and he said no. Um, obviously, he wasn't trained. Do you think he made a mistake when he said no? Like, hey, man, sometimes you just got to take it when you can take it. Listen, I can't say whether guys make mistakes or not, but I will tell you this: when an opportunity comes. You must take it. Imagine if Michael Bisbing said, dude, I don't have enough time to get ready for Rockhold. I don't have enough time. You know what Bisbing said? Bisbing said it was the best camp he ever had. He said, when I do a full camp, I'm exhausted, I'm busted up, and I feel like I left most of my, you know, most of my shit in the camp. And this time he said, I never felt better. I felt good. I felt confident going into that fight. And, uh, when an opportunity comes, you must jump on it because you don't know when it's going to come again. If you look at the fucking killers now that are 185 pounds, Bisping might not have ever gotten the opportunity to get a title fight. True. And he fucking took it and he won. Take the opportunity when it's available. Something to be said for playing with house money in a way. Like I hate to use that douchey expression, but it's almost like nobody. It's like when when Mendez took the fight against uh, McGregor, and he wound up, I think, running out of uh, gas a little bit in in the second round. But it's like you lose nothing by taking the fight that you probably wouldn't have gotten to begin with. Connor says no to any to nothing. Connor doesn't give a shit. I'm telling you, man. I'm the fucking guy that walks into your living room, and I'm the guy that calls you on the fucking phone and asks you for the biggest opportunities of your fucking life and i've been doing it for 16 fucking years and i know who who says yes i know who says no and i know all the crazy shit that people say when i call them and i will tell you this people say i kiss his ass and i do all this other stuff no i fucking respect a guy that you walk in his living room when he's just waking up 11 days before a fight and has been training for the for you know a certain way for a certain opponent this kid doesn't give a shit he doesn't care. He, I said, these are the three options. He goes, well, I'm going to train. Let me know which one takes it. <laughs> That's a great attitude to have. Yeah, I'm telling you, I've dealt with very few men and women Well, I'll tell you who who's, also, who's also like that, who's a, who's a, a bad motherfucker, is uh, Nate Diaz. And I was with you. People are asking about that, if this is how the deal got done with a Stockton slap. I wasn't there. I was there with you because we were shooting our show. Right, uh, Dana White looking for a fight. Plug, plug. But uh, you know, I was there. I didn't wasn't there for Matt, the filming Matt, of that. Matt wasn't there for that because he had to go freshen up. <laughs> that's that's my uh, term for jerking off. But absolutely, <laughs> all that free ball and gets to you. Sure, I understand. <laughs> 
<laughs> go ahead. So how did that? So did that help the deal that he smacked you? <laughs> so what was happening is we were driving back to the. Uh, we had just went and met with the game. Uh, oh, I don't want to ruin that next. Oh episode, yeah, we don't want to. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah true. but anyway. We just left and we were heading back to the arena. We were on Crenshaw <laughs> and there was a place called Tur- the Turf Hotel. <laughs> it just came to me. I said, pull the truck over. I want Nate to slap me. And Nate looked at me like, what the fuck? You should have saw the look on his face when I said that. <laughs> and then we pulled over and uh, and he started slapping away. Now, would you be open to letting um, other employees do that? <laughs> yeah, trust me. I open that one up. They'll be fucking lining up for days. It's the first episode, Jimmy already wants to smack you. He's working for you for 45 minutes and he wants to smack you. I didn't already. mean me. Jimmy. I was speaking in general oh, terms. Sorry, Jim. I thought you never slapped the boss. I treat the boss with respect and reverence. Always. Oh, shit. Always be good to the boss. Hey, Dana. Thanks, man. Not that we don't talk. Not that I don't talk to you enough, but thanks for coming on, bro. And no, bless uh, us I'm really happy about episode. this. Congratulations to both of you. Thank you. And, uh, I know you guys are going to kick some ass. Well, thanks for the opportunity, man. And is there anything else that you want to uh, mention before we before we we cut out? I don't want to leave something that we should have asked. I felt I'm just being honest. I felt like this was a great interview. You guys are better than fucking 99 percent of the media. That's for damn sure. <laughs> well, what is? Let me ask you before you go. What is the? Because the media they do kind of stink, and it seems that like they're starting to catch up with what MMA really is. What is something that they'll say to you that you're like, oh, this guy has no idea what the fuck he's talking. I just about. think it's getting worse and worse. Oh, I really? Actually, Oh, I think it's worse. I think it's, you know, it, it's like with this whole Ariel Hawani thing. It's more about, you know, oh, what what can I sneak and get out and steal from the fans? You know, the excitement, enjoyment of the fans seeing it when it comes out instead of actually doing some real journalism. So, uh, yeah. Is, is Let me, about the, the Ariel incident, which is that, is part of that almost like the UFC has gotten so big is that almost a victim of the success of the UFC? Like, wow, man, it's harder to control the narrative than it used to be because well, now it's, it's not been- even it's not even about controlling the narrative. It's it's there's so much more to that thing uh, than was represented. Sure. You know, you know, I know he threw a big pity party for himself and and all that shit, but there was a lot more to it. A lot more people were involved in that thing, and it almost blew up a huge relationship uh, that I wouldn't even get into publicly. Okay. That's why we just came out with a statement. I don't know. It was dirty. He knows it was dirty. And uh, he threw a big pity party for himself, <laughs> crying on camera and shit. It's fucking just, just ridiculous. So it is what it is. None of that shit's going to change. You know, Ariel Hawani knows I've done, I've done a lot of shit for Ariel Hawani. A lot of shit for Ariel Hawani. And it's just, you know, whatever, man. But you gave it's, him a pass at the end good. of the day, you, you you gave him a pass at the end of the day, right? He's or he's uh, or he what, took a little thing? whipping, but he's he's he, is he back in decent graces? Yeah, yeah. Is, he he well he got his credential back. I, right. I wouldn't say he's in decent graces. Uh <laughs> I don't you know, know if he got his credential English, back, but said, it's just uh <laughs> what we built that promo, you know, and a lot of people were were quiet about it and a lot of people, you know, it was for the fans. That thing's for the fans for that wow factor to be there and go, oh, wow, Brock's back. And the way that he did it, it had a lot of people pointing fingers at each other. You notice I wasn't out there putting the belt on Dominic Cruz. Then when I ran out to, to put the belt on Bisbing, because I've been with Bisbing for 10 years. He's such a great guy. My sleeves are rolled up. I got no jacket on because I'm dealing with the aftermath of the weasel move that he pulled. You know, and People can call it journalism or whatever. We can have our differences of opinion on that. 
but he knows what he did and he did it on purpose and what's funny um, I was, then I was he goes on fucking thing and he's crying and shit and dude your kids are gonna see that for christ's sakes oh shit you know what i mean and you know what it is i knew kind of i knew Through a big pity yeah. what the, the bottom line is this it was all about ariel yeah journalism is supposed to be when you're a guy that covers the sport it's about the sport that that what we did that spot and everything was for the fans and a lot of good people worked hard to pull that thing off and to make that thing happen and to try to keep it a secret, including the WWE. And a lot of things were set in place. They, they graciously let us you know, have Brock Lesnar. And a lot of things were set in place for them that had to be done. And it left a lot of people pointing the finger at each other. Created, almost blew up a relationship and created a lot of, a lot of bad blood behind the scenes. Um, and he didn't care. It was all about him. And then even after it was over, it was all about him and his big world tour pity party that he threw for himself then he goes on crying on on his show and shit is that something that could have happened with a you said journalist is that one of those things that like if he didn't do it and i don't know anything about that behind the scenes stuff but you know nobody else does that when you're a real journalist you reach out and you say hey this is the rumor this is going on and everything else and i'm gonna run with it you know what i mean that's what the real journalists do He's a website guy. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just a totally different world now. There's still, there's still a lot of real journalists out there that before they do something, they reach out and show that respect and, and, you know, have that relationship. Whereas, you know, he's not that guy, you know, and a lot of people, you know, support him and good for you and all that stuff. But a lot of people have turned on him too. Is there a way for that relationship with you two to be mended? Do you think? I don't know. I'm not really that guy. You know me, man. When when you, when when you go that way with me, I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm 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 hard to get back. And I was with you that day, and I remember you being like, "Oh, I got a surprise." And oh yeah. man, I was like, "I'm happy that you didn't tell me." Because then- yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> you all my people, made. you talk to that true. fucker. <laughs> no, no, it's true though. All my people yeah. that surround me didn't even know. Nah, he- a lot of people didn't know. So it makes you when when the, when the loop is that small. And you got all these different people involved. When that happened, a lot of people were pointing the fingers at each other, you know? And, and, and something like that can really hurt people and, and hurt the sport. And it just, you know. But it's all about him. It's, it's all about him at the end of the day. Has that and changed? you saw that. And, and you saw that with that and after that, that it's just all about him. Has that changed the way you're going to guard or deal with information when you guys have something? <laughs> You better fucking believe it, brother. <laughs> you better believe it. Um, and and when, when that happened, do you look at somebody else and go, like, now who can I trust and who yes. can I not trust? That's the problem. That's, that's the problem. And, and he almost destroyed a relationship 15 years in the making. Wow. And other relationships, and, you know? And while we're on the subject, do you know when the next episode of Dana White looking for a fight is coming out? <laughs> no, no, serious. Oh, we're not on that subject. No, but so they've been asking me about that. When is that coming out, the next one? When is it, guys? The 27th? June 27th. June 27th. And uh, it's awesome, Matt. You haven't seen it yet, have you? No, I have not. It's, Matt, it's so good. Somebody very, send very it good. to me. Come on. I will. I'll get you a copy of I, it. When it's done being tweaked, I'll send it to you. And uh, very, very good. I'm excited. All right, buddy. Hey, thanks so much, bro. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure, man. I'm really happy for you, too.
Thanks, we'll see you in, I'm going to see you in Vegas, too, because they're actually bringing us out for the fights. I'm very happy about that. Me, see too. I don't know why I had to end on such a childish note. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we're going to have a plan. It's just me and Jimmy, man. We're going to three UFCs in three days. It's going to be freaking awesome. It is I'm awesome. I'm a fan. Let first. me tell you, international, we didn't say that either. Real quick, International Fight Week is going to be so awesome. You know, obviously the three badass fights in three days, three stack cards, and uh, all the other fun shit that's going on out here. It's going to be a blast. So yeah, I look forward to too, seeing right? you guys. I look forward to seeing all the fans out here. Always fun. And uh, I got to go to work. All right. Thanks, Dana. Go ahead. Later, bro. boys. Take care, right, buddy. See you later. Bye-bye. This week. This week. In UFC history. After coaching against each other on Season 5 of The Ultimate Fighter, rivals BJ Penn and Jens Pulver faced off for the second time in a lightweight battle at the finale. Nate Diaz won the season for Team Pulver earlier in the night, but BJ exacted a measure of revenge for his team in the main event, submitting Pulver via rear naked choke late in the third round. Penn wants that arm. He's flattening him out. This week in UFC history. If you're hitting the gym without a pre-workout supplement, it, it just isn't going to be as effective. We all know that. I'm living proof of that, period. And if you do use a pre-workout, I know folks worry about exactly what they're going to put into it. What if I told you the secret to a great pre-workout was beets? Now, I'm going to tell you for the record, people really shit all over beets. I happen to like beets. You're they're, a big fan of beets. I really do. I drink them a lot. I, I just feel healthier after you I You told drink me them. that they keep you regular. Uh, they certainly do, yeah, to the point where it's like I, I actually have to drink them within eye distance of a bathroom uh, that, that keep me very regular. Uh, beetroot juice has been causing waves lately in the fitness community. Clinical studies have shown that two glasses of beetroot juice per day can increase stamina by 16%. Now, you can harness the power of beets without having to chug beetroot all day long. Like, Who wants to do that all day long? Now, since this is our first uh, episode, we just got the product. We have not tried it yet. I know I'm looking forward to I'm try it. After hearing you rave about beet juice and whatnot, I'm super excited to try the Super Beets. They're supporting us very much by having faith in the podcast, so support them back, and it's obviously yeah. a good product. They have a page set up for our listeners to save $20 off their intro pack. One canister of the Beet Light plus a box of the sports packs plus free shipping on your order. Try it with your workout, and if you don't feel a difference the first time, they offer a 90-day money-back guarantee. That's a lot of faith in the product. I think you'll be pretty surprised. Visit UFCBeats.com today. Check it out. Be sure to let us know what you think. That's UFCBeats.com. And be honest. Let us know how you feel. UFCBeats.com. But yes, uh, I am too. I'm happy that they believe in the show. And uh, Beats really... In a, yeah? Yeah, they make me feel really oh, healthy. This is UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Serra. People are like, well, what's exactly this podcast going to be? It's like, we don't know yet. I mean, you know, we'll talk UFC. We'll talk other stuff. Well, and, obviously, uh, we're going to talk about the fights. You're a, a huge fight fan. I am. And uh, technically, if there's things that you want to know what the hell's going on or what, what do you do here or whatever, hopefully I'll have that input. And me, besides being a former fighter, it's the only sport I watch is MMA, literally. I, I don't watch anything... Like you hear Joe Rogan talk, he doesn't watch anything with a ball. I'm exactly, I totally agree. I'm the exact same way. Football, base, anything. I don't know who's in the World Series. I don't know anything. Right. My my friends goof on me sometimes. The only thing it's, with a ball I care about is the women I'm dating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> if you're able to, if it's not tight enough, if it's too tight, you can't use the safe word. That's fucking great. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, man. So I love talking about fights and the other stuff as far as the pop culture stuff. I want a reason to be able to talk about the latest movie. I want a reason to talk about fucking my series. I'm into Game of Thrones, Walking Dead. And I want an excuse for like what my wife saying, we listen, we got to do so-and-so. You got to pick the kids up from, I go, look, I got to go see this matinee because we got to, me and Jimmy got to talk about this fucking movie on Monday. Right, right. It's a great excuse. And it's a fucking good excuse. You do you, but you don't watch others. I typically don't either. I don't care. I've interviewed a lot of athletes. The guys I like the most are the fighters. Uh, but I did watch game seven of the finals. I did watch it more to annoy. Like I was really enjoying trying to jinx Cleveland fans, but by game seven, I was really, really happy that they were, it looked like they were going to win. That was exciting, man, man. That must've been fantastic, but I don't think it was as exciting as that out of a card. And not to mention, I can't even mention anything about the fucking basketball or whatever. Cause I don't watch it. I don't watch anything. If there's like at work where, there's a couple of water coolers where over here you got a couple of jocks or whoever talking about the latest game and this and that. And on the other around over here, you got a couple of geeks talking about the latest Marvel movie or something, something geeky. I'm balls deep with the, uh, with the nerds. Like I could talk to them about anything like again, game of Thrones, the latest fucking Captain America. Dude, I'm a man. You're dealing with a man child. Yeah, me too. Different <laughs> reasons, but me as well. I fucking think we both have issues. That's why this is going to work out well. But the, 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 what, here's what I liked about watching that, the NBA Finals, and I don't care about basketball, is I fucked a lot of girls in Cleveland, so I kind of have an affection for the one city that's really made consistently bad judgment sexually. A lot of good experiences? or A lot. Of, for, not for them, for me. I mean, <laughs> uh, for them, it was probably, I was, I was everybody's like, you know, trip to rehab. <laughs> but uh, I, I like Stipe uh, Miocic from yes. uh, there. Winning, that to me was the first good sign for Cleveland. And then it was just nice for the city to see them get something that they wanted so badly. And it's, it's funny, like LeBron James is blubbering. He, he gets on his hands and knees. He was like me during season one of Lost. Just like a <laughs> blubbering mess. And it's weird when you watch a man cry. Yeah. I think sports is the one time we're okay with that. Like watching another guy cry if they win or if their team wins, it's acceptable. Yeah, you know... With the fight game, the crying's a little different. Like, the guys who are some of the best guys, like some of my best guys, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. Like, me cornering, and not to get to a uh, depressing note, but the fighting is such highs and lows when it's more of like there's tears of joy, but when the guys lose, it's one of those things where as a coach, when your guy wins, you win. When a guy loses, and you see a grown man who's so dangerous and and, and just totally alpha just breaking down in in front of you it's just a it's just a rough situation do you and like i just get it really negative like i just get really depressing no not at all but it's so i mean i i just you just want to cry also and it's just like oh it's like when your guys win you you feel that like especially now that i'm not fighting it's almost like in the rocky movies where remember when rocky was like uh the second one where he's like he's carrying the buckets and he's and he's like i just gotta be around it and this and that like i love ah. being around like my guys that are fighting one i love my guys see i don't relate to that but i relate to like collapsing on a feed bag like adrian <laughs> <laughs> so you got to be around your guys. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I get. I, you know, so when they're when they're winning and they're they're in that that battle and they. 
they eke out a, a war and they, they get that decision or they get that finish. It's like you're feeling it with them. But also when they get that loss, it's a fucking, it's just like, I don't want to do an after party. I don't want to go anywhere. Just get me on my plane home. I want to, it's like, you're, it's just, it's rough. It's well, you feel rough like you let everybody down, right? When you lose, you feel like, ah, oh, the team is relying well, on yeah, me. You're always guys. thinking, all right, man, maybe like, as the coach or as, as, you know, being that corner guy, you always think like, man, maybe there's something I could have said different or whatever. But I mean, that's a part of everything, you know, but. Yeah, it could get it can get pretty somber when it's a rough night in the office for these guys. Now, how about you? When you watch stuff, like I'm I, again, I'm a to the surprise of no one, I'm a blubbering ass. Like I really am. Like I, I, my emotions are always off. Like in a relationship, you know, if a girl catches me cheating, I'm like a robot. No, I didn't. I could lie. I'm like Michael <laughs> at the end of The Godfather. Yeah. However, you know, if it, if it, the, a Sanka commercial comes on, I just start crying. Do what you notice, what gets you? Do you notice? My kids get me big time. Oh my god, forget about it. You know? Do you cry like when you watch them perform? Like at a, like at a, uh, I went to my kids' or... stand through. Don't make me do this now on the on the first episode of this thing. Are you out of your? Come on, I want to hear what. Are my you son... serious? What'd Imagine you, you get me blubbering. <laughs> no, um, you know I had the uh, for Father's Day we had a, a dance recital. Yeah, anytime I see my kids perform and Mike, I'm really close with my kids. I got three little girls and oh. uh, uh, three, five, and seven. And uh, yeah, they're, they're phenomenal, man. They're all in dance and they're all. You know, I, and I'm I'm really fortunate enough that I get to take them to school, and I get to be I'm so involved with their with their lives. So when I'm like I'm on the road for a little bit on one of the episodes of the show I'm doing with Dana, you know the show we're doing, Dana sure. White looking for a fight. They got me blubbering on there a little bit, almost about uh, what? You know. Well, because I, you know, those fuckers they knew I was on the road for a week, over a week, and then they saw me like doing Facetime with the kids, and they saw me getting a little something. So then when I was doing my interviews. You know, I got choked up a little bit. But I mean, I, I find ever since I had kids and as I get older, shit will get me that didn't get me when I was little. Like, you know what really gets me? The military uh, home for some reason. When like uh, the, the soldiers come home and they surprise their kids. Uh, stop. Oh, you ever see that? Of course. Oh no, I'm a. Uh, I can't watch. You that. have to cry at that one. There's something wrong you know? with you mentally if you don't cry at a guy. Oh, going, daddy's man. home. And oh, the, kid going, the kids oh. are just crying and they're yeah. running to him and. That gets me big time. That just that just that'll get me every time. So Some, sometimes it feels like like again back to this finals. I was watching after they won the finals, and I'm and again I've never talked about basketball this much. Probably in the last twenty five years. And you choose to do it with a guy that doesn't watch no, no, but basketball. I don't. Who either. we talk about the Harlem Globetrotters? What do we say? Yes, they finally lost to Washington. <laughs> Um, you know, so I'm so stupid for all those years. I didn't realize that those games were rigged. The they were always winning. Yes. They're fantastic. Oh, thank God. There was confetti <laughs> in the water bucket. I thought everyone was going to get wet. But uh, this woman, who's the woman that interviews all the, the the players at the end of basketball? I don't know what her name is, but she sounds like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Oh. She's like, what would you say to your father if he is she hot? you? No. She's not She's hot. not. But, you know, she's really uh. good. At, she's good at basketball interviews. Uh. And she asked one of the players, you know, talking like getting choked up like what would you say to your dad because it was father and that to me seemed a little bit like you don't need to do that to make somebody cry yeah, yeah, yeah. people will do it naturally if that's what the emotion dictates it's better if it's natural but when you watch a you fight cry, do you, cry do you comfort him or do you kind of go like yeah stop no no i don't do yeah stop that type of stuff no I, I'm, I'm i'm a softy with that like you know i try to say the right things whatever you could say you know sometimes it's just you and him in, in, in like the medical tent or something oh, you know what i mean well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's sad. I mean, you know what it is? Cause there's so much, there's so much on it where, you know, guys are just, it's just when, when you lose, like, especially the, the bigger you are, the bigger the fight, it's just, when you win, it's that much more glorious. And when you lose, it's just so painful. Did you ever cry after a fight? Did I ever cry after a fight? Mm, I'm going to say no. 
with my, you know what it is with myself? I never, I mean, sometimes there's the results I didn't like, you know what I right. mean? But I never felt that I punked out. I never felt that I took a backward step if, and I never, I never let myself down in a sense where, you know, I, there was any honor lost, if that makes sense. Right, right, right. So you, you know felt what I mean? like, hey, I just, I lost and fucking. I always went I out on my shield. You know, I only got stopped. I only got stopped twice in my whole career. You know what I mean? Once in my, once in my very first fight uh, with Shoney Carter with a spinning back fist, which is, that's why I'm, see, fighters or anybody in the UFC for a while or in the fight game for a while in mixed martial arts is usually a humble guy. The, the, the vets, the guys who've been around. Sure. Because sooner or later, anybody could be cocky when they're on that undefeated boom they're knocking everybody out they're tearing people up but sooner or later you're going to be on the other end and i happened to start my ufc career off with uh getting stopped with a spinning back fist with like 15 seconds left in a fight that i was winning and uh i was like uh, i was a highlight for years to come even now you'll see my that highlight would it makes it worse where it was the guy who's wearing a speedo and he dresses like a pimp when he's not when he's not wow. shoney carter yeah dresses like a full pimp when he fights he fights in nothing but a speedo only you have to pay extra for that <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> and that's you know i got whacked with like 15 seconds left so i started the game being a a highlight for years to come. The spinning. So, can I ask you a question about yeah. the, the, the spinning back fist? Sure. I've seen that thrown a lot. It all. I think it's what lost Chael Sonnen the uh, second fight immediately yeah. to Silva. It always looks like a silly thing, but it's, when it connects, it's beautiful. Well, it could be extremely stupid. See, I have, I have the honor of being the first guy to I think really get stopped with that spinning back fist. My fight with Shoney Carter back in the day was a barn burner back at UFC 31. And uh, that was like the event right after when Zufa took over. It's like the second event they put on over at the uh, the, the Taj Mahal in Atlantic City. And uh, I, when I got stopped by that, it wasn't really used a lot. And and and, sh and when I fought this guy, I had like no experience. And this guy had a ton of fights. You know what I mean? I had like eight fights where I just took a guy down and smoked him because they didn't know jujitsu. And then I had to go into UFC where I'm fighting a guy who fought in Japan. He had so much experience. And right. experience is so crucial in this game. It's just really, I felt I'm a better fighter than that guy back then. And I ended up getting redemption later on, but that's not even the point of the story. You did eventually beat him? Yeah, I beat him. I, and he caught me with another freaking back fist, man. Do you see them coming? A spinning back fist no, or is only like later you see it? You see, that's the thing. Well, the, when I first fought him, I got caught with two of them, but I... I didn't have the, the, the rounds clocked in, in the sparring. I was more of not just a jiu-jitsu guy, but I was known for my jiu-jitsu. I just came over from Abu Dhabi, a jiu-jitsu tournament over in the Middle East where I, 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 I kicked some ass. And I was just a jiu-jitsu fiend. And uh, you're almost, in, back in the day, it was almost looked down upon, the jiu-jitsu philosophy, that you don't want to like exchange strikes at all. You want to get from point A to point B with as little damage as possible and get that fight down and then take the guy out. You don't want to exchange because in exchange, you know, you could, you could get caught and he can get caught. And that was the philosophy back then. But things evolved. Everybody got more well-rounded. You can't just take a, Everybody's at least a blue belt in the UFC now in jiu-jitsu. So you can't just take him down and smoke him like a joint. So you got to, you know, you got to be well-rounded. You got to clock those rounds into sparring. And uh, I had to do that when I was already in the UFC. I had to, so I was just more brawling, standing up. Very technical on the floor, and uh, I was running into shit. <laughs> so when I fought him the second time, uh, Shoney Carter, years later, uh, like six years after I lost that first fight with him, I beat him. I had to make some corrections, 
and I wasn't running into things, but yet he still caught me. He was sneaky. Like, in other words, if you want to get a hold of somebody and these guys are just wing, I know what you're talking about with the spinning back fist. These guys are just wing that shit from nowhere, but there's other, there's the guys who know how to set it up. Like Shoney would like my, the guy who was fighting Shoney would leave his leg out. I go to grab it. He dropped the leg and come around and spin and hit me with the, so it's like, kind of like better, teasing you with the leg. Yes. I go to grab it, drop it and spin and whack me with the. With the spinning back. The fact that that's thought about, by the way, this is for non-fighters, okay? And and believe it or not, I'm a non-fighter. You look at me, you think like, well, obviously you train. <laughs> I really don't. Obviously you're strangling people. Yes, of course I am. It, but it's what this amazing thing is the thought you guys put into it because to me, when, when I fight, if, if I ever have to, it's a flailing, desperate attempt at survival. Yeah. But when I know that there's a strategy to it, uh, and a guy will actually lean in, like uh, like in the in the uh, Rory uh, McDonald fight. Yeah, kept leaning in. They he said he was trying to, to draw him in just so he could counter. Oh, he's such a good counter striker. Uh, amazing amount of thought in that. I, I don't know how you guys fucking do all that while you're worried about a fist crashing in your mouth. It's all listen. It's all it's all clocking in that time of sparring. You know what I mean? Just like with jujitsu and everything and all the other arts that you have to you know get your time in. All right, so listen, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys listening. I know Matt does as well. I, I hope we didn't fuck this up too badly. Dude, this is, listen, we're getting off to a nice jog. We're going to get a sprint going. I think this is the beginning. This is the beginning of our bromance. That's fucking Nah, it's sick. good. It's appropriate. A couple of men getting to know each other. Fucking pound right there, man. This is the beginning. I mean, I'm psyched for this thing. I really am. Yeah, but you know how that is online. Oh, boy. Oh, they're going to fucking kill us. Oh, they're going to kill us. But I, even the, It's amazing, man. The bigger, like, you do, like, the more things you do... It's like the more you get like you can get like on Twitter, you can get a 10, 20 positive things. I just get one thing like, hey, fat Sarah, if I could, it's just something you like, you little fuck. Yeah, it's always some douche with an egg profile picture. Yeah. I asked Dana one time. It's so funny. We had him on the, the radio show in the morning and, and he, I'm like, you're arguing with people. You have two million followers and you're arguing with a guy who has six followers. He and loves an egg it. picture. He loves it. He goes in there and he, he gets, gets very annoyed. He just attacks them. And I'm like, man, well, I was so not used to the Twitter thing when it first came out. Because it's so unmanly like to attack somebody like that because it's like so anonymous and whatnot. Yes. That I would just, I would start going back at them. Like, really? Really, motherfucker? You, and, I, and then I'm like, what am, what am I doing? I, now I just fucking block people. Yeah. I just fucking do, yeah, all right. No negativity on my feed. You're out. You're fucking out. I just don't want Rogan to trash us. In closing, that's all I care about. Rogan? No, I, he's my, Rogan, I'm closer. He's been and a friend of mine for too. 20 years, but I just, that's what I'm saying. That would be really hurtful if all of a sudden he did two hours on how awful we were. Nah, I, I think he's gonna, <laughs> I think he's backing us. I think he's cool. Rogan, right, you're cool with him. I'm fucking cool with Rogan. I think Rogan's gonna fucking like this show. All right, I certainly hope so. Or at least pretend to like it for us. Please, Joe. <laughs> this has been a digital media production. Find your voice. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.